welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The second reading is from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were all bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are all, not all these people who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said they have filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out on my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to John, the seventh chapter. John writes, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit 
whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Um, Pentecost, the day of the church. Next week, Holy Trinity Sunday, and the psalm appointed for next week I want to appropriate into today. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them little lower than angels and crowned them with honor and glory. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. If the past week, since we last gathered for Baccalaureate Sunday, if the past week has proven that humans are, in the words of David, little less than angels, as two astronauts mounted up to the heavens, to the stars atop a rocket of pure human genius. These past days have also reminded us and demonstrated powerfully that humans are also little more than devils. As city after city has burned stemming from one man's actions, by his actions thousands have suffered. Martin Luther had no illusions about the human capacity to do evil. Luther himself saw it all around him in the 16th century, the time of the Reformation. As in the name of God, people slaughtered one another with abandon during the wars that followed those tumultuous days that we call the Reformation. And the Apostle Paul himself lamented his own spiritual reality, his own spiritual condition in his letter to the Romans. The seventh chapter, Paul wrote, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. 
So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in me. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So it is. We also find Luther in his explanation of the third article of the Apostles' Creed attributing all good things, even faith itself, to the work of the Holy Spirit, not our dubious human nature. Luther wrote, I believe, and some may recall this from your confirmation days, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Even as he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith in which the Christian church he forgives daily and richly all sins to me and all believers. And at the last day will raise up me and all the dead and will give to me and to all believers in Christ everlasting life. This is most certainly true. And so we find ourselves today then, at one and the same time, celebrating uh, our reaching for the stars quite literally and our uh, capacity to do evil individually and collectively. These things color uh, our thoughts, our prayers on this Pentecost, this day of celebration of the birth of the church. I preface my sermon with those remarks and observe a date, a date that is now rather firm and certain, actually, as we reckon it, the date would have been April 3rd, 33 A.D. For that may well be the actual date of the physical crucifixion of one Yeshua ben Yosef, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. It was a Friday. On the Jewish calendar, Passover was about to begin, and Jerusalem teemed with visitors at the urging of local authorities. The Roman governor, Pontius Pilate at the time, authorized an execution. 
ensuring that as Passover began, Jesus of Nazareth would die. The date, Friday, April 3rd, 33 AD, is actually based upon computer modeling. Using a program called Starry Night, Starry Night easily resets the night sky to any desired date in history, past or future, and then views the sky from any place on our surface that you should choose. The technology is quite similar to that which allows scientists to launch rockets and astronauts that can rendezvous with the International Space Station or reach planets far distance, distant weeks, months, even years after the spacecraft is launched. Now I share this because on the night of April 3rd, 33 AD, that same software tells us a full moon rose over Jerusalem. That full moon rose in total eclipse, a blood moon. Or as Peter might have experienced it and viewed it, the night of Jesus' crucifixion, the moon inexplicably became blood red, turned to blood, as he would describe it. Days later, after having experienced the miracle of which Jesus spoke so often, his resurrection, but which the disciples still struggled to fully understand, they, according to Luke, along with Jesus' mother, awaited, as instructed, whatever came next. The risen Jesus told them to wait, and so they waited. On Pentecost, about mid-morning, they didn't have watches, but about three hours after the sun would have risen, Peter found himself confronted by a taunting and jeering crowd. Passers-by accused the disciples of being drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. And in response, Peter called out the men of Jerusalem. They were in no position to taunt. Peter reminded those men of the rowdy crowd of the events that he suddenly understood with new clarity and in a new way. Peter saw what was happening now in terms of an ancient prophecy. Peter said to those who were jeering them, you have seen this yourselves. He admonished them. You have seen things spoken of by the prophet Joel. When he wrote, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Only weeks before, there had been the shedding of innocent blood, a crucifixion. Earthquakes roiled the ground, tearing at rock and structures alike, tipping and tearing the temple's curtain, causing dust clouds billowing in the air to darken the midday sun. And that night, 
Friday, we believe to be April 3rd, 33 AD, the moon rose, a full moon over Jerusalem, a blood moon, a moon in full eclipse. Those days were followed by uneasy silence, three days to be exact, three days of silent fear that passed until on Sunday morning, some of their number, women, went to attend Jesus' tomb and returned telling an inexplicable story. Jesus lived. Easter dawned. Fear and grief became surprise and disbelief and eventually joy. Appearing and then disappearing, comforting and encouraging, right up to the day Jesus left them for that final time to ascend to the Father, Jesus promised there was still more to come. There was still more to come. And of course, we believe that what was to come, what was to come the church experienced on Pentecost, on the day described in today's lesson. What had been reserved for the children of Israel was now forevermore to be released into the world as the church was both born and given its mission. The church was to carry Jesus' name and his message beyond one small discreet group of people to all people in all languages. As he traveled and taught, it is remarkable that Jesus sometimes marveled most when he encountered faith in those from whom faith would be least expected. They had no background in law or prophets, and yet somehow they saw Gentiles, let us call them. For example, Luke remembered on one occasion when a Roman soldier sought Jesus and petitioned him to cure his servant, believing Jesus could do what seemed impossible, that Jesus could do what seemed hopeless, Jesus marveled at him. When Jesus offered to go to that soldier's home to care for the soldier's servant, wanting to spare Jesus' ritual defilement by entering a pagan's house, the exchange between the soldier and Jesus went like this. The soldier said, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but only speak the word and let my servant be healed. For I also am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And turning to the crowd that followed, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. On this Pentecost day, we who trace our ancestry to many different peoples and many different lands 
are to, we are together, we are what comes next. We are the what comes next for which the disciples awaited, for we are the church. We are both divine, for we were conceived in the mind of God, and we are human, for we are sinners, as Paul himself reminds us. We are gifted with genius that will take us to the stars, and we are plagued by the nature of our sin that leads us to fight and to kill and to destroy one another, both within and outside the church. But we are what was to come next. We are the product of the Holy Spirit's activity that began with a rushing wind and a mission to take the message of Jesus Christ into all the world and speak of him in all the languages of the world. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.